Welcome back to Goodness and Gracious. I'm Chrissy. I'm Renee. Hey, Renee. Yes. Um, can you do it? Oh. <laughs> it's been one Make of sure there's things. no hairs. I see no hairs. <laughs> Make sure there's no hairs. No boogers. If no you hairs, don't sure. know what we're referring to, yeah. go back and watch the, the last the episode. Last, yeah. Mm-hmm. And watch all the way through, even through the, the outro. outro. Yeah. Yeah, some good bloopers there. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, CJ. Yeah. Not that he watches. It's cur- it. Courtesy of CJ. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's because he had control. He could do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. But. Lucas was Lucas was out of town, so he yeah. was handling the recording, and he's like, "I'm just gonna do this because I can." So yeah. I roll. All right. So, so the good news. Yeah. We got mail. We've got mail. Ooh, ooh. Facebook Messenger. Um, Tiffany McDonald. Thank you, ma'am. She says, okay, so I'm just getting around to listening to last week's episode. We had got this like during this week. So, and I feel guilty as a faithful listener that I always forget to message you two. I'm not the creative one for the different style intro suggestions, but I will send over some topics. So that's awesome. Yep. I love you both and truly think you do a great job. Great. Great. I mean, huge letters. Great. And keep me laughing, whether if others think so or not thank you tiffany yes thank we you love very you. much we love you Hopefully too everything going well yep all right um i was gonna do clown noses but i didn't yeah i didn't get them so well next time maybe there's always next time yeah so be prepared be prepared <laughs> <laughs> wait yeah we're so unsupported here aren't we you're just like Oh, it's the goodness and gracious podcast. Let's we just can't. walk in and <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. We love you, honey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we do want to plug NOYC again. Okay. Because um registration is registration <laughs> is open. Not to be confused with registration right yeah um, the noyc.com mm-hmm. register for camp yep space we, is limited we need all the kids we can get yeah it is limited i say we need there, all the <laughs> i would say something right now but i know that i would we'd probably get the opposite kind of mail oh. um because i was gonna say you know we have limited space but we're gonna go out there and we're gonna get all the people we can <laughs> and if you know what kind of religion does that then <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, we've got registrations coming in mm-hmm. almost daily. My husband finally registered. Woo! I don't know, right? What about your son? No. <laughs> he goes, if it wasn't for you, Mom, I wouldn't even register. He's, he says, you know we're coming. That's not the point, son. Yeah. Okay. Be an Just example. register, son. Be not that he's example. watching. <laughs> All, All right. right. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well, let's get started. I kind of been him hawing about this because this is, um, as promised, um, once in grace, the man versus the myth part two. Now, part two. So remember, we challenged everyone that if this goes against what you have been taught, please study it out and pray that God show you what He wants you to know, um, because that's the most important is what He wants you to know, and sometimes. Sometimes we're right all along and sometimes we're wrong all along. And we don't we want to know what God wants us to know? I mean, should we should. Yeah, we should. We better. Yes. 
Um, in the last segment, we talked a ton about how the only part we play in the role of salvation is that we accept. That's it. Accept. Done. Um, so to reiterate, Jesus came to be the sacrifice. He came as a baby and grew into a man. He offered himself as the perfect once and for all sacrifice um, <clears throat> and died on the cross. He draws sinful man to himself in order to present the gift of salvation to them. He gives them the faith to believe in him and accept the gift of gift of salvation. I, yeah, easy for me to say. <gasps> I should make fun of you because I have to read later. So, yeah, <laughs> that should be good. Anyway. Um, then he brings them to life from death. He makes them a new creature, um, one fit for him to dwell in. And then keeps them. And we get that all straight from scripture. Um, we talked about that in the last segment. Now, we don't have time to run through all of the scriptures that we visited in the last segment, but we invite you to go back and listen for yourself. Um, that's the, all the scriptures will be listed there. And we are always open to questions. Um, if you think that something's not lining up or whatever, we're always willing to talk about it. So mm -hmm. just let us know. Um, and if that means a phone call or whatever, we're open to that as well. So let's pick up where we left off. Um, the very last part, he keeps us. Uh, and we're going to go back to Juliet. Um, remember, she's our granddaughter that recently got saved. And if Jesus has done all that needed to be done before and up to salvation, why would we want to believe that after we accept and receive salvation, that we have the obligation or the power even to keep it. I mean, if we had nothing to do with it before, why would we have anything to do with it after? Mm -hmm. You know, exactly. Um, and I think it's just realigning your thinking. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, I think that's what it is. But um, if you believe this, you must believe that you can lose your salvation. And this belief is contrary to the word of God, I think that it's clear. Okay. So think about it. You have our five-year-old granddaughter just got saved. That means that Jesus, Jesus drew her to him, gave her the faith to believe in him, offered the gift of salvation to her. She accepted, and he has made her a new creature. Mm -hmm. And now you want me to tell her that she has to hold on to this salvation or she will lose it? There is no way that I'm going to tell her that. No way. There's no way I would tell an adult that. Right. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I have lost loved ones that I long to see them saved. I mean, and we should. But why would I long to see them saved? Tell them they have, you know, there's nothing that they can contribute. And then tell them that they can lose it. No, it doesn't make sense. I know that saddens me. Yeah. So I'm going to go as far as to say that word that I can say in the last segment. Oh, yay. Heresy. 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 I got it right. Good job. <laughs> Heresy. Heresy. It's what it's what it sounds like. Hershey. <laughs> Hershey's. Woo. Let's go get some candy bars. So why would I want to tell someone that they can lose something that God has given them and that they have no part in except for accepting it? 
Sounds absolutely ludicrous to me. Because what, what is it they always say? It's free. Yeah. Yeah. It's free. It's free, it's free right? Yeah. Didn't, it didn't, I, it could, didn't, didn't cost, cost me anything. anything. Not a thing. Had nothing to do with it. You couldn't have bought it even if it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? There's no way that you could have bought yeah. it. So why don't we instead look at what makes more sense and actually comes from the word of God? Okay. Second Corinthians 13, five, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves, know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Okay. So you might look at that. Well, what does that prove? Well, this verse is so clear and it's, it's right up here in your face. <laughs> examine yourselves. Are you in the faith? So you can know this, you can know if you're in the faith, not by comparing yourself to, to other people, but by comparing yourself to the word of God. If you are not lining up, guess what? You're a reprobate, a sinner destined for hell, and you are not in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so recognizing the difference between somebody who is in the faith and somebody who isn't in the faith, that's key. It, for your own self, mm-hmm. knowing your own self. So I'm going to have Renee read about Try the, read. Yep, <laughs> the uh, parable of the sower of the seed. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some, fe- some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he that hath ears to hear, let them, let him hear. And then 11 through 15. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they, <clears throat> which when they hear... Receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they, which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard, heard, Heard it. I heard it. <laughs> heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. Excellent. See, you did good job. You I, do good work. I, I do good job. <laughs> All right. So this parable mm-hmm. presents four types of people. And I think that's key. Um, the first group heard the word, no, but they have heard the word. They heard the word. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me, I said that wrong. The first group heard the word. But they have no desire to hold on to it and they willingly let Satan convince them that they do not want it. These are lost people. Okay? The second group of people hear the word and think that it's great, but shortly after they believe it's too hard and they want to go back to their old ways. And I believe these are lost people as well. And the third group of people hear the word um But the worldly pursuits of this life choke out the word and the things and the stuff and the money and whatever else you can put in that slot when. And I also believe that these are lost people. Once again, I am willing to have a discussion about that. But let's move to the fourth group of people. So the fourth group of people hear the word. Not only do they hear the word, 
They hear it with an honest and good heart. That's what scripture says. And they keep it and bring forth fruit. And I believe that these are the only saved people. Um, I, th- I think the Bible's clear on that. Um, once again, open to for questions. If there has to be a change. Has to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, old things are passed away. Yeah. You're a new creature. Yes. So. And that's that's in spite of you. Like yeah. so, you you there's no there's no being the same person. And mm-hmm. I believe that all of those people in the first three, those are the same. They've they've stayed the same. They've heard it, and they've well, and we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So as the Bible presents it, so this is just a this isn't going to cost you anything. This is just my little plug in. <laughs> As the Bible presents it right here, one-fourth of the people heard and believed. One-fourth. So, like I said, I'm just going to leave that right there. Um, You can do with it what you want. But I would add to that, if you have 100 people listening to the same message, you have 25% of them are going to say, nope, that's not for me. So then you're left with 75%. And you have 25% of those that actually received the word, heard it, accepted it, kept it, okay? And that leaves you with another 50% of those people that are just meandering. And how long they meander for, we never know, Mm -hmm. okay? So you have those that hear the word and discard it, like I said, and those people are pretty easy to spot. And you have those that hear the word, um, the Bible says, with joy even, Okay, Um, but it never takes root, never, never gets a hold of them, never, never goes in here. They hear it, but it never gets here. Um, The Bible. um, Oh, then you have the the ones that hear the word and the cares of this life choke it out. Okay, so the Bible does not say how long these three types of people will be hanging around the ones that actually heard and believed. Okay. Um, usually the first group is like, man, we don't, we're not coming back, mm-hmm. you know, but the other two, they could be hanging around for years. Right. I think we've seen this. Yeah. And it sounds kind of scary, but I also believe that this is what trips people up. So I've never understood why people think that if someone goes to the altar, gets up, then hangs around the church, they must be saved. Okay. This is not proof that someone is saved. Yes, this does happen with saved people, but it's not a sure sign. Right. It's just not. It's not in the emotion either. Right. I've seen people get saved that didn't even shed a tear. Yep. It's all right here. Yep. Yep. Because there's just some people that aren't as emotional as other people. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that God can get a hold of you and you can become an emotional oh, person. Yeah, <laughs> but not everybody is. Not, it doesn't show. The Mm -hmm. same for everybody. Um, Fact is, whether a person is saved or not is only known for sure by God. Okay. We can speculate or make an educated guess based on the fruit that is being produced. Fruit. Okay. Um, How are they living? How are they loving? There are some telltale signs, but ultimately we can never fully be sure. And I think that we've seen proof of that throughout the years. Okay. But here's a pivotal point. It was for me and it can be for you too. The burden of proof does not lie on our shoulders. The burden burden of proof that someone is saved does not, you do not have the burden of proof that someone else is right. saved. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't have that as well. So it's not it's not up to us to ensure that somebody is truly saved. It's not up to us to prove to God that a person is saved or not. And we do not have to answer for what anyone else does with Jesus. So please don't miss this point. Out of the four groups of people, all four of them done something with Jesus. Three groups rejected him, even though it appeared some had accepted him. Only one group actually accepted him and was transformed into something completely different. And we went over that scripture back in the last segment. So if you missed that, um, I strongly recommend you go listen to it. So just like you had nothing to do and nothing to offer God before you accepted the gift of salvation, you still have nothing to do and nothing to offer him after. Nothing, not a thing. So do you really think, and this is kind of where it ties in with Gary's message this morning. Do you really think that those good fruits that are produced by us are actually produced by us? I mean, come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> come on. You know you and I know me. Good fruit, fruit that is only a product of one that has that is in Christ, that has Christ in them, is not something that is possible in my own power, your own power, any of our own power. And if you are honest with yourself, you could you could say that the same thing was about you, mm-hmm. you know, that you can't produce that fruit. And we talked about this last time and earlier at the time that the gift of salvation was accepted. He made he made us new creatures that he could take up residence in permanently. He mm-hmm. he took this and made it into something that he could live in. He's God. But and, I think a lot of the problem is we try to do it in ourselves. Yeah. Basically, they always, I mean, I've heard so many people say, well, I'm going to clean myself up, then I'm going to get into church. Right. Well, that's the same thing even when you're in church. People think, you know, I got saved, so I'm going to try and clean this up. No, it right. doesn't, doesn't work. I think we've all been guilty of that. Oh, I, a yeah, little bit. definitely. But at some point, you come to the realization that you, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been learning. You can about do for, nothing. You can do yeah. nothing. So... He wants to live in you. He had to clean it up. He had to make it new. And when I say clean it up, it was like burn the place down and rebuild it is what he's done to you. When you accept that gift of salvation, you know something's changing on the inside of you in spite of you. You know that. Mm -hmm. And it's just a brand new place. It's like the song, The Artist. You, yes. he, lifts, he lifts up the canvas and you see that you're broken and this, yep. this and then he just, he paints a new brand new uh, masterpiece. Yep. I love that song. I love when you sing it. I think you should sing it. Why well, thanks. Sometime I will. Yeah. <laughs> Not <Sometime>. right now. <laughs> Someday, Sunday. Someday. So like I said, this is not something that you did or could do. It was all him. So this is why it is so ludicrous to think that something that we have done nothing for we could do something to lose it. Okay. Since we're, we're brand new. We're not even the same. We're not even the same individual as we were before. Well, if, if it took us to keep us, why do we need him? Exactly. That's why I always talk. Me and Gary have this conversation about this specific thing all the time. Yeah. I'm like, to me, I'm just a simple person. My I am not like Gary. And when it comes to it or you, I'm just a simple person. You know what I'm saying? Just a simple mind. And I think, why 
how it's not difficult. Right. You know what I'm saying? Why would we need Christ if we have to do everything correctly? And then, you know, it actually frees you up. Yeah. So when, when it's, when it's not yours to gain and it's not yours to lose, you have the freedom to do, let him do what he wants to do through you. When it's not about you, it's about him. Then he can have his way. You know, that's, that's an old saying, but do people really believe that? I don't know. I think it's, I think sometimes we use words and they get over, yeah, they get overused and they sometimes lose their meaning. Right. But yeah, I don't think that we, I don't think that we even realize, you know what I'm saying? Even as we're talking about Mm -hmm. it and we know that there's a difference, but I don't think that we even realize. And, and that's sad, but I, I think that, I think we're on the path to realizing some things, you know? So this is what I've come to believe about people. Okay. People would rather believe, and this is odd to me, they would rather believe that their wayward child, parent, friend, whoever, you can put it, whoever in there, actually had Jesus and lost him than to believe that they never had him at all. Which is what has actually happened. They've never had these people that we think were saved and they're not. We turn up, you know, they they've gone a different way. They never had Jesus to begin with. They were in one of those first three groups. Okay, Um, they never accepted the gift of salvation to begin with. So to admit that we were duped by someone seems to be out of the question. Couldn't be. They had to have had Jesus and lost him versus being able to fool me into thinking mm. that they were saved for this long, you know, and I, I just find that sad of us, you know, but what makes more, more sense is that Jesus is who he says he is. And it is all start to finish about him. And instead of believing a myth about losing something that you had no part at all in gaining, let's take a look at how, we are expected to proceed. Okay. So it's all about him. So how, what does that, what does that look like for us? Okay. So all that we have said is not to say that we don't have any responsibility in this. It just means that ultimately salvation is between an individual and God. It's not a group effort and it's not a group decision. So what is our responsibility? I'm glad you asked. Was I supposed to ask that question? No, you weren't. I'm glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. No problem. So our responsibility, and this kind of goes along with what Gary was talking about this morning in the message. We are to proceed in love and prayer, prayer and love, love and prayer. And that seems simple, doesn't it? (laughs) Proceeding in love and prayer is actually not simple. Um, It takes an ever growing relationship with our savior himself to be able to carry this out. Um, so what does proceed in love and prayer mean? It means that you are continuously in prayer, seeking guidance from him on things that you may not understand. And you are constantly doing what he saves you to do. And that's point others to him. So if I'm questioning, if I'm looking at someone and they are not showing signs of being saved, you know, showing fruit it's not my job to determine if they're actually saved or not. That's actually God's job to do that. 
my job is to proceed in prayer and love Mm -hmm. and point them to Jesus. Okay. So we should be about our father's business. And that is pointing people to him, no matter where they are in their walk with him, no matter if they're not even on the path with him, we're going to point them towards salvation. If that's what I believe about someone, I'm going to point them towards salvation. Okay. They could already be saved, but that's where I'm going to point them. If they are newly on the path with him, point them towards the next steps to taking that relationship deeper. Okay. And if they have been on the journey for a while, point them towards how they can begin to help others. All of this is pointing right back to Jesus. And if they are almost at the end of their journey, remind them how God has used them in your life and in the lives of others. Okay. So all of those are, are no matter where they're at in their walk with Jesus, whether they're not on the path or they're getting ready to end, we, our job is to proceed in love mm-hmm. and prayer, pointing them to Jesus. Now, are you always, are you, are you going to know who's who all the time? And you're not, you're not going to know who's who. So that is why you need to be in prayer and you need to realize your place and your, your place, what God saved you for is to point others to him. That's your first and foremost job. Okay. And your place is to pray, look at the fruit or lack thereof and proceed accordingly. Now, the burden of proof is not yours. We talked about that. The burden of prayer and proceeding accordingly is that is what our job is. Now, I want to talk about this aha moment I had. Uh So I have an aha moment and then I have a testimony and then I'm going to be done. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to preface this aha moment, Uh aha moment with scripture. Okay. Romans 12, one, which I found is really funny that Gary read in three through whatever this morning. I beseech you, brethren, Therefore, brethren, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I got it, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, some may say that this verse is contrary to all that we have said about this whole thing being solely about God and nothing about you. But I assure you, it is not contrary and actually brings full circle the loving gentleman that Jesus is. And we think of the word sacrifice as a noun, and what should come to mind is something that is dead. Okay? The sacrifice was killed and then placed on the altar. It had no say. It could not volunteer for the job of sacrifice, and it could not deny the job. Okay, it was killed and then it was burned. And all of this was for the purpose of someone, the sacrificer, bringing or being pleasing to God. Okay, so that was the whole, whole thing. So here's the aha. I was listening to a message one day and the preacher said the problem with us being a living sacrifice. That's just what the, that verse said to present our bodies, the living sacrifice is that we constantly want to keep getting up off the altar when things become unpleasant or when they hurt or when they go against the natural path that our flesh wants to take. This is the reality with all Christians. 
this is why it is so hard for us to tell where people are in their walk with Jesus, because we are living and our flesh likes to take control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Something that Jesus asks us to sacrifice hurts us a little bit. And we're like, nope, Jesus, I want to be pleasing to you, but I can't do that. And we get up off that altar because we're a living sacrifice. Now, free will is a peculiar thing. And maybe someday we'll do a podcast on it. (laughs) (laughs) Getting into deep waters now. But remember, the burden of proof of someone being saved is not ours to bear. It's It's not our job. We just proceed in love and prayer, carrying out our mission that was given to us. And that's lead people to Jesus no matter where they're at. Okay. And yes, I do believe that an actual Christian can get up off the, that altar the very last time and God will be done using them based on that decision. I do not believe that they are lost, that they've lost their salvation. I just believe that they have willingly gave up their usefulness to God. That does not mean that their destination is hell. This means that it is God's business what he does with them while they're here on earth, not your business and not my business. And we should continue in our responsibility with those people, anybody proceed in prayer and in love, presenting them to Jesus. So I said all that to say this, I talk about my testimony a little bit. Hopefully I don't cry. (laughs) No, it's all right. So in 2002, last day of May, um, we found out, I've probably given this testimony before, but I'm going to do it again. I found out that the woman who raised me, my grandma, had lung cancer last day of May in 2002. In June of 2002, she took us to church. I had never been in church my, my whole life, never. I didn't know anything about church at all, nothing. Um, but she knew from a little from being a little girl, she wasn't a Christian. Um, she took, we went to church with her. She knew when she got sick that that's where she needed to go. And that, my friends, is only by the grace of God that he let her do that. Yeah. Only by the grace of God. She should have never waited that long, but she did. And he showed her grace. It was in the month of June that I was saved. The gospel was presented to me and I was saved along with some other family members that, that had followed her to church. They had went to the altar. Um, in October of that very same year, October 6th, my grandma passed away. Um, I struggled. All the while, I had been in church serving him w- how I thought that I was supposed to serve him. And let me tell you what. I knew that I was changed. I knew I was. I would, I could remember just, on, uh, you know, driving on the on our way to church, I'd just be thinking, oh, God's got to get big plans for me. You know, he's just got really big plans for me. I could feel that he had big plans for me. And let me just say, I believe I'm living out those big plans right now. Mm. 
this is big to me. I we lost her in October and I was I was devastated, absolutely devastated, but I believe that God had a plan and he had a purpose and that he had big plans for me. And I knew that I was different. I knew that I was changed. I knew that there was just no going back to what I had, the comfort of what I, the life that I had lived before. In November, that same year, um, Tom's dad, we found out Tom's dad was sick and he almost died on an operating table. And it was like something inside me just went off. And I walked away from God. I said, I can't do this. This is too hard. I just can't. I, I, I just can't. And I spent the next year trying to fit back into my old life trying to fit there. I went back to drinking. I went back to whatever it is that I was doing that I thought was comfortable. But guess what? It wasn't comfortable. (laughs) It wasn't comfortable at all. It was actually one of the worst times of my life. And do you know that one night I was drunk in a bar And I just felt this, you know, like how a parent get a hold of your ear. (laughs) And all the while I had, I, you know, I had been taking notice of what was going on. My um, people would, would say things, you know, someone even said, um, you know, there just, there is no God, you know, and, and it kind of struck me, you know, I was taken aback by it. And I'm like, well, I just got past that, you know, whatever. And I didn't believe that, but. I was like, well, you know, they're they're entitled to that belief, whatever. Um, but that night, drunk in a bar, I got this. And this is what he spoke to my heart. I'm not going to be able to use you if you do not get out of this situation. You need to leave now. And that's what I did. Now, I want to say this. During this whole time, there were people with me that had walked through the same path that I had. They had watched my grandma go through what she went through. They had watched, you know, Tom's dad go through. And all the while, we're kind of running parallel in life. After that point, the, a lot of things changed. You know, our church closed and we ended up here and that was all by the grace of God. The Some of the people that were walking parallel with me, oh, so it seemed, they're not walking parallel with me anymore. Mm-hmm. So I kept going this way, even though it looked like I wasn't. And they just kind of did one of these numbers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to ask you, really and honestly and truly, you know, in your heart is what would you do with that situation if you were presented with it? You know, if I if if during that time when I had turned my back on God, if I would have died, where where would I have gone? I believe I would have gone to heaven because I believe that I was saved at that point because I knew that I was different. But the fact is, is that you don't know. Right. 
You have no idea. Now, what I would want, what I would hope someone would do is take that situation, look at me and say, I need to point her to Jesus, no matter where she's at Mm -hmm. on the path. And then ultimately, that's where people can begin to, to heal from things. And then you can then you can see. But ultimately, the burden of proof was not on anyone else. Right. It just wasn't. And that's that's where my heart's at. And you know, with Pastor's message this morning, the, I feel God molding and shaping me and, and changing me. Where where how would people look at how did people look at me at that point? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to mistakenly um think that someone is not saved when they're actually saved, but I don't want to mistakenly think that someone's saved when they're not saved at all. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Pastor's right. He said we have the right to judge others on where they're at. And I, I fully believe that I, we have the right to judge each other. You know, if we're, you know, not living a holy life, if we're, you know, we appear to be going um, a different way than what Jesus is going, where we're not, what we're not allowed to do is discredit their valuableness, valuableness to Jesus. Mm -hmm. If I say that person's lost, but I'm not, proceeding in prayer and love then I'm not doing what he's called me to do I've discredited them and I'm and I'm saying they're they're not worth they're not worth saving and I and I would hope that someone wouldn't you know would look at me and say she's she's worth mm-hmm. she's worth everything to Jesus right. you know so I I don't want to send any mixed signals I I think that we need to we can we can know some some fruits but we ultimately can't know if someone's saved or not. And we definitely, um, we can we can say with a surety that a saved person, an actually saved person, does not lose their salvation. But the people that we question, are they actually saved? And we're not discrediting them. We're just saying, we're going to point you to Jesus no matter where you're at on the path. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I got through that without crying. I love it too. <laughs> they'll never look at me in the same look at me the same that's <laughs> okay i doubt it mm-hmm. that's all you got that's all i got i think cool okay yeah. do you have anything i got nothing <laughs> she's, i've lulled her to sleep like over Listen, here she's I, like, I had a rough yeah. night so i'm feeling <laughs> a little rough right now <laughs> not my lively self i guess mm-hmm. i guess but we hope you guys enjoyed it. We're looking forward to your Facebook messages. Yeah. <laughs> we could use some of those Facebook Yay. messages. You could get your name. I mean, yeah. you could be famous. We could put your name yeah. on <laughs> I know Bessie commented on the one, Did too, she? Okay. after that. And she was saying, like, she likes it, you know, how we're doing it. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Something I, you know what I did? I did yeah. see that. I did so, see that. Yeah. Yeah. People are watching. So Yeah. It's good. As long as you get something out of it. <laughs> And if you don't, sorry. (laughs) Go pray about it. (laughs) Proceed in prayer and love. (sighs) All right. Guess sometime in the future of this year. I'm sure Mm -hmm. of it. We just don't know when. It's only January. Yeah, well, the end of January. It's hard. Uh, January about gone already. I know. What in the world? You know, Kaysen's going to be nine on Wednesday. I know. I've been thinking about that all week. I said that to Georgie last night. She's like, nah. (laughs) 
Yeah, he's going to be nine. Well, dummy me started going, oh my gosh, he's going to be nine. That means he's double digits next year. Yeah. Oh my gosh, 13 will be here before you. And I just started going down that path. I'm like, oh, sister, get that out of your head. I can see the grave (laughs) coming (laughs) for me. It's getting closer and closer. Getting closer and closer. But we hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Yep. Um, Don't know where we're going for sure next time. Nope. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have it. I'll probably be vacuuming or scrubbing a toilet and God's going to say, it's been here the whole time because that's usually <laughs> how it works. And, and well, usually you think February, you think of love. Yep. But I don't know. Yep. So we're going to, we, we could have our husbands on again we for could February. Proceed in love and prayer. Oh yeah. Sure. Go. Let's go. Several husbands on there. All right, I guess we're done. We're done. We're, we're keep rambling. Yep, rambling. This one's really long too. Lucy's gonna be like, "What?" That's all right. It's good for him. Yeah. Hopefully, no bloopers at the end. I had gum in my mouth again. Yes, I caught that. So we had a garlic bread again, and it was I good. It was good, but mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna be stinking up the place." So I put a piece of gum in, and then I come in here and I don't take it out. I didn't think nothing about it. I don't really care. <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> So. All right. All right. Until next time, guys. See, See ya. ya.